Welcome. You are about to enter the universe. In five, four, three, two, one. Transport complete. Come inside a mystical, magical portal between worlds. I had some sense that there was something behind the world, but I didn't know it. It was a belief. Where playful curiosity leads the way and beyond. I think of plants as teachers and spiritual guides, like they are family. You won't believe the ahas that come up in every single conversation. We are the light. We don't need to seek enlightenment. We are the light. What we need to do is embody. I can't wait to explore this enchanting space with you. Everyone came here under the stars with the promise to be of service to the evolution of this crazy game called humans. Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast coming to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Hi there, and welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. I'm your host, Colette Baron-Reed. Joining us today is the most spectacular man. He is a classically trained, world-renowned feng shui master, Angel Depara. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Angel. He's fluent, actually, in English and Spanish. He, he actually started his professional life as a trained and FAA-certified aviation physicist. I'm, like, so interesting. Anyway, after choosing to dedicate his talents to feng shui full-time, which we'll talk about how he went from one to the other, Angel actually became a distinguished instructor and the founder and chairman of Earthluck International. He studied and taught feng shui all over the world and has merged his passion for math and feng shui into a thriving business that serves people, businesses, and celebrities alike based on the classical theories of feng shui. And this is what makes him so fascinating. Angel is able not only to tell what previously happened to a person or a corporation, but he's incredibly accurate at forecasting the future of a person, a business, or a property. And how do I I know this because I know this firsthand. I didn't read this anywhere. And I have to say, Angel is as modest as he is talented. I've been trying to get him on this show and get him to be more public. And he's super not interested. But now he's here. He's here with us. And I've got him to talk to all of us. Welcome to the Wooniverse, Angel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We have known each other for a while, and you have helped me and my husband with your feng shui brilliance. But I want to go back to the very beginning. You are definitely a man of science. What was life like growing up for you, and how the heck did you get into first aviation and then feng shui, neither of which have a really obvious direct relationship? So in aviation, you rely on data. It's an engineering school, so you rely on data. You're not allowed to have an opinion. So when I first started off, I didn't believe in anything that was metaphysical. My cousin's a Catholic priest. I grew up going to Catholic schools, dated three pastors' daughters. I was really <laughs> into the Bible. And anything metaphysical was taboo at that time. And uh, what happened is that my ex-wife at that time was studying law and also a paralegal working on a law firm. And her friend wanted to go see a psychic and didn't want to go alone. And this psychic had his own TV show, was quite popular. And my wife calls me up at that time and she says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pressured to go see the psychic. And I go, why are you going to go see a psychic? You know? <laughs> and then she goes, I don't want to see a psychic. You know, God's going to get mad at me. And I said, oh, please. You know? And then um, I came up with an idea. I said, tell her you don't have the money. She's not going to pay for it. 
She's a receptionist. Two hours later, my, my wife at that time calls me up and she says, that was a total fail. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, she booked the appointment and she paid for it. And I go, where'd she get the money? And she comes out and she says, no, that she, uh, she has a trust fund from her grandmother. And I go, you should have told me this, you know? I would have used a different angle. And she goes, just go. All these psychics are all fakes. And then she proceeds to go to see the psychic. And well, she comes home in tears because the psychic said many things that were true. And one of them was that she said that she was going to have a very short life and die. And it would be a happy life and things like that. And that hit home with my ex because at that time, she always had a premonition or a feeling that she was going to die young. When I met my ex-wife, she had just bought her gravesite. Wow. So... After about a week, she's depressed and I'm furious because, you know, I graduated with honors, most likely to succeed, got perfect hundreds in my graduation exams. You know, math and physics, very strong. You know, psychics, I do not understand. Right. And so I go to the psychic and I shake his hand at hello. I went under an assumed alias. He didn't know that I was her uh, husband. husband. And then as he's holding my hand at hello, he's looking over my head and I go, yeah. Here comes the drama. <laughs> and then the next words out of his mouth changed my life, you know? And so he says, um, how come there's so many airplanes around you? You either work in aviation or near the airport. That was hello. That was hello. <laughs> there's no math that can predict this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is the real thing, you know? And um, I was hooked. Uh, I right. wanted to know more. So I went to another psychic. That psychic also picked up on stuff that I, they didn't know about, you know, little stuff happening in your life. And then I went to another psychic and the same thing happened. And I go, what is this world of psychics? You know, now I'm really intrigued with psychics. <laughs> and being that my background is in engineering, I decided to, because of the psychics were all reading me differently, using different tools. Mm -hmm. So then I decided to quantify the sample space of the universe, you know, put them into an Excel spreadsheet, all the psychics <laughs> that read a certain way and things like that. And I created this Excel spreadsheet. I'm going, I'm going to go visit all these people right now. And, and I had a lot of free time, you know, I, I, I would get off at 3.30 from work, you know, a psychic heaven I go, you know, so who's next on my list? And this was before Google and, and right, uh, right. America Online. It was just starting America Online. Mm -hmm. So you, if you wanted to know anything on anyone, you had to go to the Dade County Public Library system. But I wanted to research so I would be familiar before I went to see a psychic that's going to read me using tarot cards. Tarot cards were my favorite. Uh, tarot cards or something like that, you know? And then... Um, I ended up after like eight years and being initiated in different religions because some of the tools that they use were protected by a religious practice and a religious order. And I didn't care. I just wanted to see how you do what you do, you know? And then you ended up diving in yourself and getting uh, indoctrinated into different traditions. Yeah. Is that it? Uh -huh. And then what, after about eight, six to eight years, I quit everything because seeing the future and changing the future mm -hmm. are two distinct differences. Yep. And I, I quit, but now I'm a psychic junkie. <laughs> so then I always end up at the metaphysical section of the bookstore and here's this brand new book on feng shui. And I go, what feng shui? What is this? And it talked about the earth and the energies of the earth and how they correlate to all human beings' decision-making and they're tied in and, and like, wow, this is science now, you know, this is magnetic fields and, you know, the physics. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know more. And there wasn't 
anything in the U.S. So then I decided to reach out to Asia. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in martial arts when I was younger. And I I had America Online account that I had just purchased. And I started researching masters in Asia. And I, I came across a master in Malaysia. Started talking to um, a student of his that later became the his uh, director of his school. And then we hit it off. And then... I decided to ask him, let me represent you in the U.S. and and in South America. I'm thinking that, hey, I build airplanes for a living. You know, hosting a seminar is easy. It it was not easy. It was very difficult. (laughs) It was very arrogant, you know, ignorant of me to think that. So, um, and then I I became his representative and then went through several training with him and some other masters. and, And then it got to a point where I had to make a choice because I was doing feng shui for free for people. Yeah. Because I had a friend that owned a, a Chinese grocery store and he would recommend me to people. And then I started charging and then mm-hmm. I've never had a job. I've been blessed. I never had a job that I pursued it because of money. I, I always right. pursued jobs that allow me the opportunity to do what I love. And then that's how I, I got started. And then I had to make a choice. Do I continue? By then I had my own FAA approved repair station and quite bored you know, feng shui is intriguing because it's always something new and research and studying and seeing how energies change over periods of time and things like that. And I sold my company off in pieces and then I continued with feng shui and that was close to 30 years ago, I think. Yep. So what are the different types and what are the main principles of the type of feng shui you practice? Because you don't practice the typical like black hat feng shui or things that, you know, oh, this is one size fits all. And I think that's what makes you so fascinating. And the work is so personal. I've experienced it myself and my husband and I don't literally, you do our places once every month. So let's dive into that because people might have an idea that feng shui is one thing, but you have a different idea. Um, when feng shui first started, the world heard about feng shui through uh, Master Ling Yong, which is the master that created it. And it was black hat set feng shui. I studied that system as well um, and studied it from Master Ling himself. Wow. But um, that system is not authentic feng shui as taught from the classics, you know, going back hundreds or thousands of years ago. In Asia, they practice two. One is called Sung He or Sung, Sung Juan which is time aspect of feng shui or landform formations of feng shui. They usually have wars between each other, meaning battles to see who's who's a better school, which I think is really silly because they both have their place, you know, their validity. I had to study both there. And then throughout the years of doing so many feng shui and being that my my engineering background, I document a lot and do a lot of research. Then I started to see certain formulas that were real truth Mm -hmm. that they do work. And then there was formulas that do not work Mm -hmm. at all because there's either theories or application. You know, you're either learning from uh, books of feng shui that he was known as a theorist, you know, or a professor type or an actual applications master. Um, I'm more of that applications master. Right. And I've filtered out what does not work. And then through the years, you would say that intuitively, 
I've right? got, received some information. Yeah. Uh, not exactly math, but mm-hmm. yeah, which can explain, you know, you, and I can say that here according to our tribe, right? Yes, but we can. We can say, say that here. to other people because right. we're in the universe. And throughout the years now, what I have is my system, which I've yeah. been using every single day, you know, and I do about 300 consultations a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I, I want to just tell a quick story about uh, before I actually met you, one of your students, I think she was using my me as a case study, right? Because you do a lot of case studies and I want to talk about some of your interesting case studies. Um, but she was a client came into my home and I don't know, we really liked each other. We're talking about Julie, right? And, and she suggested, well, you know, why don't I take a look at your place? Because it's all over in the wrong spots, right? I'm like, what do you mean? So, um, I remember her telling me the position of my bed was such that I would only bring in a partner that lived at a distance from me. So somehow by looking at the placements of my furniture, where the mirrors were, where, you know, where all the books were, you know, what actually I had in my bedroom that felt a certain way. She just went in there and went, boom, 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 boom. We have to move this, move that, move this. You need two lamps. You need this here. It has to face your feet need to face east or or south or then your door. Thank goodness my my door was south and north, which we now know is completely good for me. But like she came in and literally redid my place. And I'm, I swear to God, I could feel it. Like, I am not kidding you. That's why I kept trying to get to know you through her. But eventually it took, took a while before I got your number. <laughs> but it was incredible. I think we met in New York or something. You were passing. Yes. Passing. It was so incredible. Like I felt the energy change and the energy then impact the, in the subject matter. For example, all of my books were together. And then, you know, once I moved the bed and had things the way it was supposed to be, according to what she read that you were teaching her, like I'd never had that visceral an experience where I not only felt different. It took me a while, actually. It took me a couple of days to get used to the energy. It was so abrupt, the shift. I actually didn't think it would be, given, never mind that I'm in the woo-woo, but I'm also very, I'm very skeptical and very, I don't, I hate Excel sheets, but I also like to research <laughs> and understand this. And I'm like, come on, how's this going to really work? And sure enough, I met my husband shortly after. It was, it was like, wow, it was just so profound. My business took off in areas that I didn't expect. All these unexpected, I know you call it luck, but it was, I became in alignment with. So can we talk about that, about how a person could be out of alignment or in alignment, you know, and how you actually determine this in your way of doing it? Because I believe you do it looking at something very specific like birth times. What happens is that people don't understand that our surroundings are filled with energies, right? And to the Chinese, there's eight cardinal directions. And these eight cardinal directions have a totally unique energy and, and an aspect of life and certain attributes of life and things like that. When an individual makes a choice in their life, it's reflected in our environments. Like, for example, very successful people are constantly making choices. They, they buy a summer house, a vacation house, another house. Uh, this go here, and while they're there, they're making choices and decisions in their business. And our environment is influencing us. Mm-hmm. So our environment is a consequence of the choices that we have made prior, mm-hmm. past. So when I come in 
and I make predictions, oh, this took place before, this took place before. I'm just reading. This is here because it must be here because these events, these attributes relate to these aspects of life and these things must have happened to you, Mm -hmm. right? Now, the same thing holds true that these energies are an environment are now influencing us going forward as well. Right. And when I sit down with an individual and see what is it that they're trying to achieve in their life, either personally, financially, spiritually, I look at their environment and see how the energies of their environment is aligned toward their wishes and desires. Mm-hmm. If it's not aligned, then that's when I might say, okay, move your bed to another location or move it over here. Yep. Um Consider moving out in two or three years because you're going to think about it then because that energy might be present later and you're not willing to do it now, but you will be willing to do it later or consider it, so on and so forth. But people don't realize that just like my desk has wheels. So just changing the direction that I face makes a huge difference. (laughs) We did that this year with my desk, you know, and Mark with his as well. So I, I had always had my desk facing the, my outside, my East window. And then I think at the beginning of the year, he said, no, you're going to have to turn it this way. And at first I was very resistant. like, oh, I don't like that. (laughs) And then I moved the desk and I felt like a new person. So there really is something to this energetically. And I think that if we look at the electromagnetism of it, right, it makes total sense. If you are actually changing direction, you look a different way, but also you're in impacted by the geomagnetic um, piece as well. The electromagnetic it's there's everything changes according to, you know, what, where it's placed and what it means. So it's, it's, it is really fascinating. It is like an, its own oracular system feng shui, the way you do it. I mean, I track individuals for a living. I mean, look at Elon Musk, Elon Musk moved from California to Texas to Texas and he increases $150 billion. Really? Right. You know, did anyone notice this? Right. <laughs> and and this, this takes place like that. It, it works because one thing is to do feng shui in a home. The other is geographically in the whole country. And then when you look at patterns, you know, like when you look at patterns, we, mm-hmm. astrology has 12 astrological signs. Feng shui has nine. It's not that we're inferior. It's they're, they're just different, but they're all the same. They're, I might call you wood element. Astrology calls you water element. And it's not that we're contradicting each other. Those are right. just labels to track a particular energy. And at the end of the day, it's the same energy. Right. When you look at Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, the two Google boys, you know, the owners of it, the grandfather of the internet, those are all the same variable in feng shui. Uh-huh. You think that's a coincidence? And they all live on the West Coast. Right. And they're on the same sector of business. Interesting. Those things to me fascinate me, you know? Right. And we spoke a number of years ago also about how um, when the Earth's axis changes, oftentimes things change also because of the geomagnetic elements that were not there before. So the idea that as the earth changes, the things that we thought were constant and reliable now shift even just a little bit, because that's one of the reasons why we moved. We moved because you said, oh, and I was saying, I don't feel good here anymore. Yep. That's because you're supposed to move. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, we're supposed to go here first, then you're going to go there. And we just did it. I mean, because we know literally because everything that you had said to us and everything that we had done with you was so accurate and so profoundly palpable that we just did it. And it was, and it completely worked out exactly as you had suggested, including also uh, telling us the, what could have been, which I then, of course, because I'm 
I'm also a researcher. I want to find out what you said. Was that true for the people before? And it was 100% true. Like all those things when we first got into a place like, okay, so here's what's happened here. Likely boom, 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 boom. So you're going to need a big giant rock in the front and you're going to need in the back that a big fountain. And here's why, because we need to move this energy this way and this way. And uh, all the stories that you couldn't possibly have known just by looking at the placement of the property, what was there, how many trees, like was able to tell us. And nobody thinks of that, that nature or that our environment is itself an oracle. Yeah. I mean, it affects so many different species in, in wildlife that the magnetic fields and even uh, plants and, and different things. But really to, to be on this earth and this earth is held in orbit and is held in, in orbit by principles and laws of physics, right? Mm -hmm. And these physics up in the, and these energies applied to everything on this earth to believe that it's not going to affect human beings is egotistical. I mean, it's, it's an improbability. These energies do affect us. So, um, I want to talk about how you help design homes and businesses. So what are some of the feng shui aspects you consider or integrate when you're doing this? So actually, you know what would be a great story to be able to talk about some of your case studies? And I know that you have a really good one that we talked about before, which I'd love to hear. So that you actually research properties, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, part of my school, which Julie, the person that introduced us, she's she's one of my senior students. She's amazing. Um, she's a great human being, a fabulous human being. Uh, and the whole school, we, we go around doing case studies and trying to learn from our past so we can apply these successful uh, formulas and formations in the future. And the, the ones that are not so good, that had negative uh, results, to learn from them as well and be sure that we don't incorporate them into any design or anything in the future. So about 10 years before Trump decided to run for office, I was, I was starting to see a pattern that something was about to take off. So I decided to research him. So we went, we took the seniors to New York, we finally analyzed about 30-ish uh, locations in New York. And then later on, we did Mar Largo as well. And, and then I got Donald Trump's butler to give the guided tour for my students in Mar Largo, which he happened to be also Marjorie Post from uh -huh. Post Serial. Um, oh. And so he, he, at the age of 17, he was Marjorie Post's uh, butler. And then when Donald Trump purchased the location, he also stayed on board because Trump kept them on board. Uh -huh. So he told us all the story and the rumors of everything that that happened in that location. Mm -hmm. It was wild stories. Yeah. You know? And so through those case studies, you were able to do what? You were able to see, to predict a certain pattern that you saw from the actual buildings or the properties that would happen down the road. So what was the purpose of it to also obviously discover patterns that... What, what, I, what we do is we, we dive in like a historian on the history of a property. Uh -huh. And every student has their own way of doing things. Like my students, I will sign them into different groups and give them certain case studies. And then they get to present to me and I get to critique their presentation. And then at the very end, I present to them and I allow you to challenge me. You know? Oh, interesting. So then I do it differently. I like to jump in and look at the history of the property. When was it constructed and things like that. And then just peek 
at the history casually, not heavily, because then what happens is that you end up seeing what you want to see. Right, I don't like right. doing it that way. I, I like going in cold. Like when I meet someone for the first time, I don't want to know anything about you. Yeah. You know, and then I'll end up uh, looking. I know that my office asked for a bio of who you are and what you do for a living, but I don't even look at that. I When I meet you, I start asking questions and things like that. And then as we go along, I like to see and hunt. I, I like saying, oh, how's your marriage? And how's this? And how's that? And and I like that going, how do you know that? You know, <laughs> I like that hunt for the things. It makes it entertaining for me and happy. And then in feng shui, there's something that's very important. We look at time in, in segments. So we can look at time in 20-year phases. And then within those 20 years, we have yearly and then within the yearly, you have monthly. And then within the monthly, you have daily. And within the daily, you have every two hours. Two hour micro level is too much. But that's what allows us to look at the energies and look at a home and be able to predict what's going to take place in an individual's life. And I break down things into personality, relationship with other people, career, family, health, things like that. And I can see that in the numbers. And then that allows me as well to look at your environment and see if your environment is helping you or hurting you. And if it's helping you, how long will it last? And if it's hurting you, how long, you know, when is that going to take place and for how long? And then, and that's when we determine if there's an element I can play somewhere to try to offset it or enhance it. Right. That's the part that I found really interesting because the offsetting or like to mitigate an energy, we add certain elements, et cetera, just so it naturally moves the flow away if it's negative or too challenging, but you really get prepared for it. It's like, oh, I see. Just sort of like, you know, when you look at astrology and I, you know, like I had a Pluto transit for three years, it's like, okay, I have to make Pluto my boyfriend because it's going to be choppy. It's going to be right. difficult. So, and now it's done. So it's the idea that, oh, okay here's what's coming. And through your, the mathematics, the nine different aspects of that, not 12, right? So I know both you and I are nines. My husband is a two, yes. I think a two. Yes. So it's different. So let's talk about how you place the people in the house. Because I know for me, like uh, my chart is different than Mark's. Where he sits is different than what I need. How do you explain that um, when you say meet a couple who are running a business? Sometimes it's very hard, especially when their cycles are going in opposite directions. Right. And I usually just ask a series of questions and then see who's the disadvantaged individual and then try to give that person more uh, mojo. Right. <laughs> energy, <laughs> uh, um, or favoritism and things like that. But you try to balance out things in, you know, your bed, for example, is one third of your life. So it's right. a very strong presence of energy and it's either going to favor one person or another. And if, even if it favors both people at the, at the same time, it favors them differently because there's it will affect them uniquely differently. Right. And what I end up trying to do is, like in your case, I, I look at what you're trying to achieve. And then I analyze Mark, for example, and how his, his timing, because I look at the energies as timing. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. then I can either you're in timing to collect or you're out of timing to collect. So when I face Mark to face a, a certain direction, number one would be a direction that will not allow Mark to experience any obstacles and what he's trying to achieve in working for you or what you two are trying to achieve together. Right. You know, and then I try to align him 
toward the project because you both are working on a project together. Yeah. And I try to align you both in terms of timing that it's in sync. Oh, interesting. And being able to execute what you need to execute when you, you want to execute it. Right. That's so cool. Tell me some, I know you have a lot of stories. What was one of your most favorite outrageous story? Like of, I would call it outrageous fortune. Um, I know you have a client, I think is in Malaysia or in South America. So I'd love to hear some of those stories. I'm sure my listeners are going to be fascinated. I have a retainer clients that they I've sat on the as an advisor to the board of directors of three clients now in Asia. They're publicly traded. They're on the Forbes list. But what I mainly do, and that's the reason we were talking before, mm-hmm. that there's not much written about me is um, <laughs> since I advise very top level individuals, there has to be a, a degree of secrecy, you know, right? Because you know, who's this guy? You know, right. <laughs> but I mean, you don't have to name names. You don't have to name names. Yeah. Right. But no, like- but sometimes like I'll be in a meeting and I'm going, yeah, but you're thinking about flipping the project in two years, aren't you? And they'll go, how, who, who's this guy? You know, <laughs> how does he know this? <laughs> <laughs> and then they start thinking I'm a psychic. No, I'm not at the psychic, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I've just analyzed yeah. your environment. But I've advised the deputy prime minister of Malaysia, the minister of defense of Malaysia, I've sat with individuals, uh, commanding officers of militaries of different countries. Uh, I've sat with eight congressmen or senators. Uh, I have clients in Washington right now that sit. Um, But that one was a pretty funny one because I had told this individual. Tell me. Hey, did you ever consider running for office? And goes, no, 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 no. I'm I'm happy on this side of the camera. I don't want to be on that side of the camera. And then... I go, you sure? Because I see you running for office. (laughs) And then this person, one day I'm in an audit and I I get the phone and this person says, you son of a, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) USOB. Yeah. And then I need to talk to you right now. I go, I can't, I'm in an audit. And they said, well, you better come to see me right away. And I said, okay. So when I came to see them, they, they said, well, it's official. It's happening. You know? That's, yeah. I can't say anymore, but... (laughs) No, 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 that's good. Yeah, we don't want to hit you to open up any cans of worms for people. Um, Okay, we have to take a little break now. More with Angel DePara when we come back. Okay, we are back with Feng Shui Master Angel DePara. My next question is, do you think the correlation, kind of like if you look at astrology, there's a correlation between the stars and the placement of the stars and what's happening on the planet and where you sit in accordance to that. And then you still have free will because I'm like you. I believe that, you know, there's one thing predicting the future, but there's another one where you have the power to co-create that future, to make changes. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't actually do that, um, you know, refuse to accept that my life would be a certain way. And I just said, no way, I'm going to, I will make that change consciously. So you have potentials, right? And then how does the environment... With a breakdown of influence? Yeah, breakdown. And I think people love to hear about that. Okay. And Feng Shui believes that there's three factors that determine human fate. One is heaven's luck, which to us is, is astrology or events that are outside of your control. Sure. Number two is man's luck. They're male chauvinist. Everything was male, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's the individual and the free will of the individual. And then uh, lastly is our environment. Mm-hmm. And our environment is last 
and because they say as above, so below. Right. Right. So they reflect each other. There's a mirror image of it. But it, the union between the two is man. And you can say that it influences it between the the free will. Mm-hmm. And free will, is, it's quite interesting because without going really deep into what is consciousness and in the pursuit of consciousness, because we tend to separate things as outer consciousness and inner consciousness. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when consciousness is having an experience in a human form, there's a perception or a side effect, which is the ego mind that, you know, I am real, I exist in that. But it, it doesn't mean that it's not taking place. It is taking place, but in a different place mm-hmm. within the experience itself. But that's a very deep subject, you know. Because I'm always investigating where was my free will, you know, because sometimes, right. at, you know, astrology wise, it influences so deeply that when this planet comes in, you start thinking of a certain thing and then you think it's your free will. But wait, that's only because you didn't know what was going on there. You know, so I'm always that with which one came first, the chicken or the egg? The you chicken know? I or the egg. Know. But <laughs> I guess here's the thing, because you said to that person, I see you going into politics or running for office. Oh no, I don't want to. And then one day the, I say the elements get into place, right? Because that's that you have to be able to see a a line of potentiality. And then that's when that person starts to feel like, oh, this is what I should do next because they've been impacted. Or is that true? Are they impacted? Did the energies around them swirl around them in order for them to all of a sudden wake up that day and go, you know what, I'm going to do this. And it happens more often with people with uh, real estate. They, they love their house. They never think about selling on this. Yep. You're going to consider selling in three years' time. Watch. You'll see. And then three years comes time. You, you know, how did you know that? I'm so ready to let this go now. I told you. <laughs> yeah, you said that to us when we were living in New Hampshire. And uh, and you even said, you're not going to stay in Connecticut long. You're going to go there first, and then you're going to go. I'm like, oh, come on. But, and it was 100% true. And it wasn't because you told us that. It was we laughed because <laughs> we just knew afterwards, and it felt like the right thing. So there is it, would you say it's true? Because at the beginning of our conversation, you talked about Gates and, you know, all those people that live on the West Coast that specifically were attracted to a specific place, that we too are drawn to places because they call us. um, If we are, say, say we've become very clear about our destiny or our choice of, because we don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, what we're here to do, what we're called to do. But I believe that we're either going to meet us ourselves at the highest level, or we're going to be unconscious and just do the bare amount, bare minimum. So say that person is really clear about the impact they want to make all of a sudden, where they live is not in alignment with that. And then they start to feel like I got to move. That happened to us when we lived in Sedona too. I thought I would never leave Sedona. And then one day I was like, we got to (laughs) go. Poor Mark. We're never leaving. That was the Tuesday before. And then a week later, like, oh my God, Mark, we have to leave. (laughs) You know, in in physics, there's a a study. We know that our past determines our future or influences our future. But now in physics, there's proof that our future determines our past. Oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, and then you start thinking about it. How can it be the future if the future hasn't taken place yet? No, that, that takes place all the time. It's called a strategy or a plan. What you wished mm-hmm. or planning to do, that's a marker that you threw out into the future. You know, you want to live in this state or you want to do this tomorrow. Well, that energy 
or that marker is, you know, it's tied to this current situation right now. Mm-hmm. So if it's a wrong marker, you're going to know right away because you start experiencing obstacles. Uh-huh. And if you fine tune that strategy, the current situation aligns itself toward the future. And then it removes those obstacles. So you said something very profound when you said the future determines the past. So let me tell you what I think it means. And then you tell me if I'm inaccurate and what it really means. I can only go by my experience that because of the changes that took place within me, having made certain decisions about how I wanted my future to be, right? You know, who I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. I had to change internally to such a degree. When I looked at my past, it was as if I had rewritten it because I saw it. My perception of it was so deeply altered. Is that what you mean? That when that our perception, uh uh-huh. It can be on that level, on a personal level in your perception. It can be on a business level. Like there was many times that uh, I would look at a property. A client comes to me, a developer comes to me and says, hey, Angel, take a look at this property. Three other uh, developers have gone bankrupt trying to uh, construct this project. I look at the renderings and I look at the plans and I go, oh, the entrances is wrong. This won't ever work with that entrance right there. Just flip the property. Get the architects to reverse the floor plan, Right. Soon as they do that, boom, we're able to develop it. But why did the other developers go bankrupt and the ground was never broken? Right. Right? Because the rendering is the future. It's where they're going. They're trying Uh to get there. And it was wrong. And if that's wrong, the energy associated with the energy in the future is now going to be the bottleneck or the restriction for the development of that project. Okay, so let's talk about bottlenecks. Okay, so a bottleneck can also be a kind of energy that feels super constipated before something big happens. So would you say that that's what happened, that the bottleneck had to show up three times so that this developer can say to you, here's this bottleneck, and I know that there's great value here. How do we release it, right? How do we release all that energy? Would you say that's... Now, I like this conversation because now we're getting into the, the yeah. juicy. Um, <laughs> when in, the bottleneck that like what you pointed at, or at least I understood as you pointed at it, is that sometimes an individual is doing something big in the future and yep. moving toward that direction. But they are experiencing some restrictions, right? right? And the reason they're experiencing those restrictions is because the current energetic structure that they're living in and developing that or trying to develop it can't hold it. It's like putting a Porsche engine in a Volkswagen. It will tear the body of the Volkswagen apart, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening and in the development of it. And that's when feng shui comes in and you can put this element, put that element, that element. And then as soon as you 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 get something good to happen, you got to get out of this house because it can't hold that energy. Okay, it will like burn up the conduit. I, okay, but wait, I'm going to challenge you on this because you said that you told this particular client that the entrance had the, the energy that would prevent this from becoming a good development. Yeah, it indicated bankruptcy. So it was inherent that there would be loss. But then you said, if you change the door then and turn it, flip it, the entrance to this development, it would turn out. And it did. 
now means success. So what you said was you have to get out of the house because it won't hold it for you. So is your cure then similar that let's say you have to stay in the house, the house is there, but the bottleneck is energy and that you would say, oh, in order to release this, we're going to place this here, this here, this here, and start going in your house from the back door for a while, that you actually don't have to leave the house. Correct. Correct. There's many different ways that we can play it. But let's say like if I, someone comes to me and says, hey, Angel, can you help me design this? Pick a location for my restaurant. My first question to you is, what's the average cost of the plate? Right. Because a location for a $20 plate is not the same thing as a $500 plate or 11 Madison, you know, right. in New York City. It's not the same energy. Although they face, you know, you can have a $10 plate that faces the same direction as 11 Madison, but the environment of 11 Madison in New York City energetically has more oomph power than that $10 plate. Okay. So if I hear you correctly, then that $10 plate place cannot hold the $100 plate. Um, just, and again, everybody who's listening, we're using these as metaphors, really. So I'm just trying to get at the fact that you have, right? No, and you're exciting me now because we're talking about this energy. Right. You have to evolve the environment or add to the environment, or in this case, the fact that the surrounding environment doesn't support it, you actually have to move. Correct. Okay. Because the entrance piece is the interesting piece. Because I know that going back there, I remember the first time you ever said to me, oh, you won't be successful in a place like that. And successful meaning, and, and for everybody listening, we're not just talking financial success, we're just talking about your life as a success, right? Was when I had an east-west facing house. And it was so true. Mark and I entered into the door and we were both feeling, ugh, right? It was just not right. And then you went, oh, no, 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 you can't go east. It has to be this. Because we would stand there like, a, the realtors would look at us like we were cuckoo bananas when we were out there with our compass, like it's gotta be <laughs> this much southwest, <laughs> um, yeah. right? And because, and it was true, we could feel it. So is that a similar thing that you would have to have the entrance that feels right for your client or the person and that they, but they would feel it, right? They would actually feel it like those guys lost their money and they didn't know how they were they were going bankrupt. And when you go to, like, for example, New York, there's uh, hotels that have different entrances. There's the high end section of the hotel. Right. And there's the lower end, you know, that the rooms are cheaper and that might be on the other side. Right. You know, like in, in Las Vegas, you have the VIP entrance. Yep. And you have the regular casual entrance. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the energies associated with this, say, um, the Wynn Hotel, right? right? Which is heavily feng shui. Mm -hmm. The VIP entrance has a certain caliber of energy that is aligned toward the individuals that are going to be coming in through the door right? on that section. And then you got the regular entrance, which is that. And then you have the employees that work in that company. Right. Now, their energy is totally different from those two individuals. Aha. Uh -huh. And guess what? That door is also different. And that door is aligned toward the energy of those individuals. I heard about that, the win, that that it's heavily feng shui, because I know you've talked also yeah, about the, the Bellagio. The Steve, and, the, the Steve Wynn is heavily feng shui, the Bellagio, the Mirage. Yeah, it's really interesting because you can feel the difference. And it's not that, oh, this is the door for rich people. That's not the point. It was the fact that they were looking for a certain amount of prosperity for them, mm -hmm. right? So you have the high rollers going in because they come with a certain specific energy. When Also, when you, when you analyze like successful neighborhoods versus 
regular neighborhoods. And I need successful, not in money again, but there, there is some degree of uh, finances do play a role. When you look at, because our country was, we survey our properties, right? Because of George Washington. Sure. Everything in, in, in every city is plotted. When it's plotted, then that means that there's roads and avenues, right? Sure. And what you have done is that you've taken, when you do that grid like that, mm -hmm. you've taken 50% of probability away, mathematically. <laughs> okay. And, and, but when you go to successful neighborhoods, you know, the higher end income neighborhoods, mm -hmm. the roads are twisting, turning. They're not plotted that way as the conventional neighborhoods are. And when you look at that, now you start to see that people that have higher position of power or mm -hmm. resources, those individuals live in neighborhoods that they have access to all eight cardinal directions. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yes. And they, the others don't. And is that by design or is that by accident? By accident. Well, no, I think that's fate. That, that was right. fate. Uh -huh. That's heaven. And below. One, there's heaven and below. So you would say then, because I understand too that certain, my dad was a land developer as well. So like if you look at how important parks are, so, you know, in neighborhoods that don't have enough parkland, they don't have access to greenery and things like that. That's a huge impact on a person's life experience. Angel, let's pick back up on what we were just talking about. Because I know that in some of the westernized feng shui books or books that are based in black hat, which is, you know, it isn't western, but it's it's the westernized version of it. There's a lot of stuff in about mirrors and where the abundance place in the house is versus, you know, so that there's these common places that one expects to have in their house. Does that still something that, because you studied that too, is that something that feels true? No, because that would mean that, you know, because they use a Bagua map. You know, and, right. and they have certain aspirations of life. And that would mean that everyone on the same side of the city block would have the same fate. Right. And that's not and true. And that's not true. And that's not, not everyone is experiencing the same thing. You know, this person's having a car accident. This one just got married. This one over here is sick and, and so on. They all have unique experiences taking place. And that's when you have to take into account the, the individual's birth chart. Right. Yeah. Their occupation of what line of business they're in. Mm -hmm. And then you see how well aligned they are. If you look at successful people, again, it's not about money. Right. right. Happy people, people who feel fulfilled. They're living the life that they love. They're, yeah. For me, successful person is an individual that has the ability to execute their desires. Right. Yes, okay? I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a successful person versus an unsuccessful person is when they make their choices. An unsuccessful person is making choices based on fear mm -hmm. and mainly and when negative circumstances take place. So then that means that their next location reflects that energy. Right. In their feng shui. So when I get to their house, I go, oh, did you lose your job right prior or right after this? And they go, oh, yes. How do you know that? A successful person makes choices when things are going well in their life. So right after or right before they get that promotion, right after or right before they had that baby, you know, things like that. That's when they're making choices. And then their environment reflects that. And then the next thing that happens is that you locked in that energy. Can you imagine? Right. Can you imagine having a property that means 
you know, like I tell people, you win the lottery or something really, really good happens in your life, that's the moment you got to make major lifelong decisions in your life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because then you're, you you can't deny you you have good luck, right? Right. So you're whatever you're buying is gonna trap that energy in there, and now that energy is gonna help you make further decisions going forward. So there's what you're suggesting then is that there's a correlation between your choices and how your environment either supports or detracts a way to bring you into that place so that you can have that experience. Um, And then it continues. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think then that makes sense why people move away from neighborhoods, right? They're like, I'm going to go here next because you outgrow a place or you outgrow, because it actually is that, you actually outgrow the experience. And I think going back to our bottleneck conversation about energy, that in order to experience the next flow, um, you might have to actually move your environment because it no longer supports it. I get it. So it's so interesting. I mean, I could talk forever. Okay. But we don't have forever. Let's pull a card now. Let's do some woo-woo. Let's do some oracle card reading. And let's find out if the universe wants us to talk about anything in specific that we haven't talked about yet. And uh, so I'm going to pick a card. And Angel, you're going to say stop. Stop. Top, middle, or bottom? Middle. Oh, soulmates. Okay, so this talks about relationships. So, and I'm sure, because I know that I, when I changed my, all the things that were in my home to mitigate any negative stuff that I was having, literally a few months later, I met Mark, who's now been, we've been together just over 20 years. So tell me about the relationship between feng shui and love. Oh, it's interesting. Now we get into this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's three combinations that determine, I hate to say this, sex, but um, there's three, The one of them has to do with love. There's mentally, you're attracted to an individual because of mental stimulation, yep. like a girl that's attracted to a professor, a scholar, or someone like yep. that. Then there's uh, another combination that has to do with love, mm-hmm. you know, from the heart. Yep. And then there's chemistry, rip your clothes, lust. <laughs> And the sex, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, but yeah, the, there is love there. And I think that this period of time that we're in right now, it opens the door to two types of energies. One is that you're going to see in the next 40 years, women rise more in power. And you're starting to see that movement, that social movement, women being recognized and everything that's happening. But also, it's about a period of time that of sex and, a, and of love, with that. Mm -hmm. And on a more personal level, say if you want to bring in more love, what what are some of the things that actually could prevent that, that somebody might, like, remember I, my bed was in the wrong spot and I didn't have, there was no uh, balance in there. Is there anything that you can tell us about that? The first step is always, you know, like for me as a practitioner is like when someone asks for someone, I want to, I want to identify why has it not happened? Why are you asking for this? Right. You know, where's the bottleneck? And then the next thing Uh is to open it up, you know, uh, completely. You know, sometimes the universe gives you first the sex, you know, the socialness. Yeah. And then, um, and then later on as a primer to open up your heart to the next you know, to accept what's coming down the pipeline. Um, <laughs> but when when it comes to love, I, I usually just op- I carpet bomb it completely, you know? <laughs> Intellectual romance, lust, this hit it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd say, okay, I, I can't guarantee you the, the results, but I will get increased the frequency, 
you know? Well, it works. It, it really does work. It, and again, it was, I remember, it was also fresh flowers, a plant, making sure that I had images in my bedroom that represented how I wanted to feel about my partner, um, not my parents in there. You know? oh, can I say one thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I go to women's uh, surroundings that are looking for a permanent partner, one thing I noticed in common is that they have statues or artwork or things in their environment of females. A female gender. Oh. You know, like a, a statue of a female a woman, a okay. painting of a woman. And it's it's always singular. There's never people in couples. Right. Male and female energy. And we do need to surround our environment with male and female energy. Or if they're gay, a, a female and yeah. female or a male yes. and a male. Yeah. These days we yes. have to remember that it's more yeah. than one gender. Right. Yeah. So, but it's that the picture of romance between two people as opposed to a singular image. Yeah. And even if they're gay, I would, I would, it's about balance of yin and yang. Right. You know? Is it not about in, gender? In, in the relationship, because there's aspects of a relationship, even if you're within same sex, that you need balance. On both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The balance of yin yang. I mean, that's, that's great. Okay. We're going to take a little break now. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears and enter another dimension of the Wooniverse, the tea time after party. So please stay with us. We will be right back. Okay, we are back, and we are going to travel into another dimension of the Wooniverse, which is called the Tea Time After Party, a place where we kick up the fun. And joining us now is my executive producer, Connie Deletti. Are you ready, Angel and Connie? Yes. Ready. <laughs> okay, you go first, Connie. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you know what, Angel, with all of your amazing energy, do you believe or have any superstitions that you acknowledge or follow? Superstition. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> right? They, they, they don't hurt, you know. Like, um, I don't like people crossing or stepping over. I'm I'm in a beautiful relationship right now, and I don't allow people to step over my feet because they usually say you're not gonna get married again. Uh, oh, that's wait, wait, wait. Those are Latins, you know, but. Okay, wait, where did you get that from? I want to know where that came they're, they're from. Just like, I'm Cuban, so there's always that, oh, you stepped over me, get the come over, go the other way now. You know, you make the person step over. Um, what about another one? Come on. Sure? I don't plant yellow flowers in the front of my house. What? Uh, Why? Yeah. Why? It yeah. usually means death, divorce, something negative. Has, uh, By who? By the Cubans again? I, I've heard that a few times, but I don't care. I just, I like my life. <laughs> most, even like yeah. that. Okay. So no yellow flowers. Do not no step yellow flowers feet. and no one is allowed oh, to step oh, over your them. feet. They have to go back. You, the don't put, you don't put the purse on the floor, you know, or, or oh, anything. Oh, else yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Don't put the purse on the floor. See, oh. Like who created these? We all follow <laughs> them, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Increase your luck. Angel, if you had a t-shirt that you wore for one year with only one word on it, what would that word be? Compassion. Mm, so nice. Especially <laughs> nowadays that we're so di divided as a society. Yeah. Compassion, that's a beautiful word. Yeah, it is. I think we need it for sure. You are banned from the library. Why? Not wanting to go home. 
staying there after hours. <laughs> <laughs> Never going home. That's a good one. <laughs> I love to read. I, I mean, I'm a passionate note taker, and then I I practice uh, certain techniques about notes and allowing thoughts to percolate their own thoughts to yeah. higher. I read all sorts of books only for my clients. You know, what are so. you? What's your favorite book you're reading now? Well. You have it right it there. It can be there like a vampire romance, too, or something. <laughs> Think again. Adam Grant. Ooh, what's it about? Decision-making and oh, uh, how to properly think. Because we don't... Thinking is not something that's taught in schools. Right. We we're taught memory recall, but we're not taught how to do or perform critical thinking. Oh, don't... Everybody needs to read that. Critical thinking is something that nobody knows how to do anymore. Yeah. You know, that's an, I think that's another reason why we're so divided because there's no actual, people are just, this is what's going on, accept it or don't accept it as opposed to debate or, you know, quantify and the nuance that has to happen when we think and then think about things again and talk about where they could go, right? That's how we develop ideas, right? I think that's phenomenal. Or problem solve. Problem solve, exactly. If you could be wildly successful in another occupation, another role, what would you choose? Therapist. Yeah, a therapist. That was fast. So he didn't have to think at all. Well, you kind no. of are that way I now. I feel like you are. <laughs> you're the unpaid psychiatrist of everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about their house, but. Yeah, I always joke that I'm the madam of Miami. I really know all the secrets of Miami. <laughs> um, I just keep them, you know, because I don't talk about my clients. But uh, yeah, I love psychiatry. I, I love the nature of the mind and mm -hmm. why we do what we do, what produces self-consciousness, uh, what restricts self-consciousness. How do we formulate thoughts and where do they, you know, like where do they originate from? And what decisions are either made by the, by the mind and what decisions are made by the universal consciousness, you know, which I believe is that Holy Spirit that we all have within us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe that too. And, and going also going back to the concept of feng shui, I'm an animist. So I believe that the earth is alive and that the environment is alive. It has its own animating spirit. Like I believe every property has a presiding spirit. And so it's the idea of where does, where is this generated from is always a fascinating rabbit hole to fall into. What story does your family love to tell about you to make you blush? Well, it's usually like now I have uh, two girls and two boys now because we put together a family. So we're quite large family. But when the girls and the, the young girls bring around their boyfriends, you know, it's kind of like, okay, don't read them. Oh. He doesn't know what he do yet, you know? <laughs> okay, right, then, I get and it. And then, of course, I, I kind of tease him over dinner or something. And I'll go, oh, and how did you decide to do this? And when did you decide to do this? And um, what's your <laughs> what's father it? do for a living? And and then they start seeing that I'm I'm drilling and pursuing, <laughs> taking a path. And your father's so intense. Yeah. <laughs> your dad is so intense. Why did he ask me those things? I mean, how did he know that I, uh, that I just came up with this last year? You know? And, and, and they usually get afraid. Dinner times are interesting. Oh, that's good. 
Anyway, listen, this was awesome. To learn more about Angel, you can visit him at earthluckinternational.com. You're not going to find anything about him on the internet. He is really quite cloaked in secrecy, but I kid you not, uh, he is extremely modest, and I happen to know truthfully that he has some pretty incredible people as his clients all over the world. Anyway, you can also visit us at itwpodcast.com or click through the link in this episode's description to view a transcript of this conversation, episode quotes and other fun links. Um, You're going to have all kinds of courses. And I happen to know a lot of people that have taken your courses that have been completely blown away by what you teach. Seriously. And he will change your life. If you want to get your house or business feng shuied, uh, this is real. This is no BS. This is definite, definite, incredible earthluck.org Angel Depara. Thank you so much for joining us, Angel. My pleasure. And thank you very much. So what did we learn today? Now, normally I pull a card here, but I'm not going to today because I think there was so many interesting things to talk about. I think the first thing is when he said, as above, so below, that everything is relative, right? You know, that that there is a macrocosm, the macro and the micro, and that there's a correlation between the stars and us, like in astrology, but also these nine different aspects that in his system, um, how it impacts us too, and, and where our environment comes in. I thought that was very interesting that there was so this incredible correlation that you could actually see. And in his case, he does case studies and there was lots of anecdotes that he could talk about. Um, and the other one too was, I think what really hit me was the relationship between the future and the past, that it is our future that could determine our past. And for me, you know, when we have make a profound internal change and internal shift, you can no longer perceive the past the same way and therefore you change it. And so I found that to be pretty profound. Anyway, I thought that was just a great conversation. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Inside the Universe. I'm your host, Colette Baron-Reed. Until next time, be well. Time to share the way we love Become the ones we're dreaming of Inside the Wooniverse is a production of Wooniversal Network Studios. Thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuy, executive producer, Connie Deletti, story editor, Julie Fink, and post-production audio by Lonnie Carmichael. Original theme music written and performed by Michael Seifert at Summa Recording. Original music, Truth Begins, is by Colette Baron-Reed and Eric Ross. If you love what you are hearing and want to keep up to date on episode releases, bonus content, and prize giveaways, please visit us at itwpodcast.com. Also, we'd really appreciate a woo-tastic review on Apple or Spotify. So please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us next time for another episode on Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine.